Welcome to On Tangent, where online marketing, entrepreneurship, and life collide. I'm Maida, your online marketing bestie and fellow entrepreneur. It wasn't long ago that I was a corporate slave shackled by golden handcuffs, but now I get to run a flexible, fulfilling business that allows me to make an impact that extends far beyond me. Here, we believe in the power of free-flowing conversations and unfiltered discussions, where every topic is fair game, and there are no boundaries and no limits. Join me as we dive into conversations that will equip, entertain, and inspire you throughout your entrepreneurship journey with a dash of humor, lots of curiosity, and a touch of unpredictability. After all, life and marketing is full of surprises. Ready to join me? Grab your coffee or tea and let's get chatting. Hello and welcome to another episode of On Tangent. Selena and I are here today talking about improving your morning routine as a small business owner in 2024. But before we get started, um, we are trying something a little bit different this time. We are adding in a new segment into our episodes, which you'll see going forward, and we're calling it How We'd Market That. So the idea behind the segment is we're going to come up with really off-the-cuff product and service ideas that someone, maybe someone who's crazy, I don't know, someone (laughs) is going to come up with to try and sell or whatever. And we're going to, on the spot, make up, like go through the methodology of our thinking process of how we would come up with a marketing strategy for that product or that service. So I think it'll make a little bit more sense when we actually go through it, but this will be our first try. I hope you guys enjoy this and we would love feedback if you do or if you don't. So either way, but yeah, so let's get into how we'd market that. And the question for today is, Selena, are you ready for this? I'm ready. As ready as I will, right. I can be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. How would you market socks for giraffes? <laughs> socks for giraffes. If you uh, yeah. think about a giraffe, do you... Actually, I'm like trying to think, do giraffes have like white on their legs or are they just yellow and spotty like a banana? I, I think... I think they're yellow and spotty, <laughs> like a <laughs> banana. <laughs> I think they're yellow um, and spotty. All right. Okay. So socks that would be cute, though. If it w- it would be cute if they were like like white. little knee-high socks. Yeah. How yeah. cute. They have natural socks. <laughs> there you go. See, like who needs socks? I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So I guess the first thing, whenever like you come up or whenever you're presented with a, hey, I need help marketing something. Who's it for? This one has an inbuilt audience, right? Like this is specifically for giraffe. Yeah, I agree. I think the first thing we do want to talk about or like discuss is who like understanding the product itself and then also who, like you said, who it's for the target audience. Uh, Obviously, like you said, I say giraffes, (laughs) baby giraffes, big giraffe, like mama giraffes, papa giraffe. All kinds of giraffes. (laughs) Right. And then you think when you have the target audience, you're like, okay, why do giraffes need this? Because maybe their little leggies get cold because they got little leggies. I say little, like relative to the rest of their body, I guess. But But maybe to keep them warm, to keep them not dirty. Maybe they need compression socks. I don't know. 
Oh, yeah, for like blood circulation. Yeah, does there's, it a, lot, there's a lot of giraffe. Longer? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because like, what if they stand? You know, obviously they stand most of the day, all day. They need better circulation, so they might need compression socks. Yeah, and so now what we're doing here is we're talking about like how would we position socks? Like, how do we tell giraffes theoretically that they need socks? Mm-hmm. We try to come up with like their problems and potential pain points. Literally, like, oh my giraffe knees hurt. <laughs> this all works. <laughs> Your giraffe, Your giraffe knees hurt. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like their legs get cold. Maybe is like the, the problem that we're trying to solve. Their exactly. Knees hurt. Yeah. Um, and then how do we tell giraffes about this problem? Or like, how do we start telling them where to get giraffe socks? Where do giraffes go? Watering holes? Giraffe Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> giraffe Instagram? Yeah. Like, do they zookeepers? have Zookeepers? Could you imagine? Ooh, zookeepers. Yeah. I think that comes a little bit later when we talk about the marketing strategy itself. Or would you still continue going through understanding how to message this need that they might not even be aware of? to the giraffes themselves are you asking about like the zookeeper thing or just the channels and okay so i think what we're doing here is kind of doing like a brainstorming exercise kind of like the way that i would think about if anyone ever asked me to like market something for them or if like a client was like hey this is the idea that i have so the first thing that happens usually is that i throw out all these ideas if not with the client then at least for myself so i can think about And the reason I do that is so that like I come up with all these ideas without worrying too much about like the logistics and stuff, because sometimes like when you're like, oh, I need to consider this or this or that or we can't do this, you end up limiting a lot of your ideas. And, you know, it might be easy to feel like you're getting stuck or like, why is this so hard? Or the only things you come up with are stuff that they've already tried. So I feel like brainstorming stuff like this, like, oh, yeah, these are potential audiences like oh we could like partner with the zookeepers to like help giraffes that are in their care these are all good things to kind of like jot down first just to have in front of you the wide array of possibilities and then from there like refining it based on well no we tried this in the past or and here's what we did or I think we tried this in the past but it wasn't the right time or we didn't position it properly or they didn't really like it when it came from this or that so Mm -hmm. I don't know if I answered the question but I feel like I think what you're saying is having an initial brain dump session yes. to have your idea bank flowing. And yes. then when you get into like the structure of, okay, what are we actually marketing and how do we market it? Then you can kind of plug and play or eliminate the ideas that you originally had. Exactly. Are or you, you can evaluate it. Yes, exactly. So if, for example, this is a product that has some history behind it, like they tried doing this or they started doing this. You can kind of see where like opportunities where they might not have tried something that probably should have happened earlier. Or you can see, okay, we tried that too soon. And then if you're starting from scratch, like it never hurts to think, you know, have all your ideas out there, decide on a few key elements or the things that you think would make the most sense given like the current stage, the resources that you have, the state of the product or service. In this case, do the giraffe socks exist? Like how much runway do we need? Do we want to build the hype before we have like a real... Thing to send to people kind of just like brainstorming all the possibilities so then you can pick and choose whichever ones make sense for your business and so then you can decide okay 
we want these to be luxury giraffe socks, right? So maybe we only put this in specific channels where very affluent giraffes go. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, I wanted to like back up really quick. I think yeah. it might be important for listeners to, I guess, like maybe understand. Are you thinking of the person who, or like the, 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 giraffe. the audience, <laughs> the audience that is purchasing these socks, are they giraffes or are they humans for the, See, that's... buying it for the giraffes? Yeah. See, I kind of went off the cuff there. I don't know. Um, it depends. So that'll change the thing, right? So if we're selling direct to, let's, for example, we live in a world where giraffes have access to things and can buy things. It depends, right? And if we'd end up being direct to consumer or if we're like a wholesale giraffe sock company. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it simple. Let's say the giraffes have purchasing power and they're okay. coming to some store to the giraffe sock store okay to buy to buy let's say let's go back to like the positioning and the messaging what is like the core benefit that we're gonna use as like our benefit proposition yeah i think in that case depending on the state of the world i guess we can focus on like a couple things that we think the socks solve immediately right whether that's warmth or fashion or hygiene or circulation it all depends sort of on the actual sock mm -hmm. itself so we yeah. can use that and then kind of build like what sort of how we want to position that for them like what kind of emotions we want that to evoke like if it's a fashion thing like oh we want them to be confident and stylish and stuff if it's about like a hygiene thing or like a circulation thing like the longevity of being able to stand or walk long distances or whatever it is mm -hmm. that giraffes need to do so yeah, and I think it's really important what you just said, which is you're talking now about not just what you think the socks are going to do for the giraffes, but what emotions the giraffes might feel when they're wearing the socks. Because I think when it comes to messaging and positioning, a lot of times what marketing teams are like, yeah, like marketers might just be missing is how does the targeted audience want to feel? And that's the words and that's like the verbiage you want to use to help attract them. So that, that's a really good point on your end. Yeah. And so then everything I feel like marketing activity wise, but kind of build off of that. I don't want to spend too much time on this since this is just a fun little segment. But yeah, I think that branding and positioning part and like that emotion and how you position it is part of is probably the core. There's a reason that people say that you should do your branding first or that you need to establish your brand values, right? Because that'll dictate everything else going forward. Yep. I agree. All right. So let's just come up with like really quick rapid fire name ideas for what the brand or like the logo could be, for example. Okay. So when I think of the logo, I feel like it should be like a really goofy, really colorful giraffe wearing okay. really funky socks that like stand out compared to its pattern <laughs> like it should have like imagine other animals zebra on it yeah, yeah like, exactly <laughs> like you should have other animal prints on it. <laughs> like a cheetah socks cheetah socks like should have like little dolphins on there or something oh, how cute. cute yeah mm -hmm. i think yeah as we're like talk about this i'm envisioning like a really playful sort of brand like this is like a fun yeah, yeah. 
like an animated sort of brand is yeah what I'm thinking. yeah like cartoony but like stylishly cartoony if that makes sense yeah. <laughs> let's say we're trying to develop the marketing strategy and we already talked about like the target audience being like fashionable giraffes right <laughs> that want yeah. that care about their leg attire and things like that or like maybe they have knees that pop <laughs> they really yeah. need, like blood circulation Compression. whatever yeah yeah but they still want to do it stylishly right yeah where would you say what channels would you say could help get this product marketed assuming that giraffes have the same channels that people do things mm-hmm. like if giraffes have like fashion magazines or like <laughs> you know like fashion account you know like what's the word not tabloids but like the the publications that like keep up with like celebrity styles or like popular styles yeah. street styles stuff like that um wherever Ooh, giraffes how, shop yeah how funny would it be if there were like celebrity giraffes celebrity giraffes that like the paparazzi i don't know if now i feel like i'm going down this like really crazy rabbit hole now we're going down like zootopia road but that's okay yeah <laughs> oh my gosh anyways so i think bottom line is what's really important here is understanding who the target audience is what you want like what the problem is what you're trying to solve for them how you want to message that i think I think that'd be a really fun, fun one to market. I yeah. would love to market socks with your ass. <laughs> How cute. And imagine like the tagline was leg warmers reinvented. Or <laughs> I don't know. Now, now I feel like we're getting a little too crazy. Now we're going really far. But yeah. Yes. But this like it's a fun thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I think. I think we did that one justice, our very first <laughs> segment of how we'd market that. If you have any other scenarios you would want us to like kind of run through, kind of cover, let us know and we'll we'll do those. So let's get into the topic for today, though, um, which was improving your morning routine as a small business owner in 2024. So obviously new year. New us, just kidding. No, not new us. Same us, but improved. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, we'll talk about some of the morning routine habits that we think is going to be really helpful. So the very first one we wanted to make sure and cover is going to bed earlier and waking up earlier. I think I've always been like a morning person and then I shifted into waking up a little bit later and now I'm like, trying to go back (laughs) to waking up early so I think this one's like really important for myself too is even just waking up 30 minutes to an hour earlier than you usually do can really give you a huge head start to your day and like give you a little bit of extra time to set intentions but I know you've had some experiences with this so I want to hear from you too Celine. Yeah no for sure I think Maybe last year we were talking, I think it was on an episode where I had mentioned that like I had been trying to get more sleep and that it used to be an accomplishment if I got six hours of sleep, which sometimes it still is. But (laughs) but yeah, no, like throughout my life, just as I've been a student, when I was earlier in my career, like I have shifted back and forth between being like an early bird and a night owl. And I think whichever one works best for you is going to vary by person, right? Like some people are just more creative at night and some people are infinitely more productive in the morning. But Mm -hmm. there is something really nice about 
waking up early and then having the kind of the peace of the morning to yourself, like the quiet before everybody wakes up. Because it's not the same at night, right? Because you've had a whole day behind you, at least for me, right? You've had the whole day behind you. There's a lot weighing on your mind. And it's really hard to get, at least for me, to get into that creative zone at night when I've got lots of things running through my head. Waking up earlier, even if it's not to do anything work-related, whether I take that extra 30 minutes that I gave myself in the morning to like take a walk or to journal or even to just read something fun, I feel like, oh, I suddenly have more time in the day, even though like realistically, it's only been 30 minutes, but it feels a lot better. And then I'm a lot less rushed in the morning, especially if I've got a busy day full of meetings. At least I've already had some time for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because imagine going from being fully asleep to having to jump on a call versus being fully asleep, having about 30 minutes to yourself to like get yourself situated and then hopping on a call. Like even that small of a difference is it may, it's huge. Really not small. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you have a chance to like get your thoughts in place. And like some people, like here's a tangent. One time my fiance and I we were both working at home. And at the time, one of my friends was also working with my fiance. And she texted me. She's like, is he coming to this meeting? And I was like, does he have a meeting? I woke him up. I have never seen him get up so fast, walk across the room to the office, sit down and immediately start talking. <laughs> I was like, what? And like, you know, it was like a coherent sentence. I was like, I cannot do that. So more power to you if you can but you don't have to put that kind of stress on yourself. I feel like that deserves a gold medal or something. I know. I just watched for a second. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. And that means speaking of like getting on calls like right away or like jumping on right away, something else that I think would be really, really key in avoiding when it comes to your morning routine is going straight into work. Like literally Uh checking your emails or even just social media. If you're, you know, it's not work related, but maybe social media is is part of you. Yeah, it might be part of your job and going directly into emails and social media first thing in the morning, right when you wake up, that really, for me at least, it really sets like a really dark tone to my day, if that makes sense. I don't know. Like Like, it's a lot of pressure right away. Yeah. Yeah. Like social media specifically for me, it's kind of like a mental mindset thing where when I go down the rabbit hole, it's not good for me mentally. So if I start my day with that, I'm kind of screwed for the rest of the day. (laughs) So not like basically avoiding those things really early on. It's a huge, huge benefit to you. They really can wait until a little bit later like you really do not need to be on your email or your social media right when you get up even if there is an emergency like what if you were still sleeping like it can still kind of wait a little bit right (laughs) unless it's a personal emergency then that's different but right but still comes to work it can it can wait yeah yeah (laughs) no and I totally agree with that like it's a habit that I'm still trying to break sometimes because I do have a habit of checking my phone right away just to see is anyone waiting on me for something? And I feel like it might be a little bit different depending on if like you have team members in really different time zones, like if they're in Europe, India, wherever, maybe it's a little bit different, but you know, they've already waited to this point. They know ideally like what time zone you're in and the the fact that, you know, here are your expected working hours. 
like one of the th- things that I am trying to implement more for myself this year and kind of just going forward is being more intentional, intentional about how I spend my time and sort of how I start the day. Because it's really tempting to just look at your email and then like try to respond to stuff right away. But are you doing that to the best of your ability if you're like half asleep or you haven't even brushed your teeth yet? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think you'd really need to like get up if you're going to get up early or even if you're not, the first thing you do should be to sort of set yourself for success. Like you do not need to be go, go, go the second you get up. It's okay. I love it. Yeah. Another tip we have is to do some exercise early on and bonus points if you can fit in like an exercise that's outdoors so you can get some sunlight in into your system. Even if it's just like a 10, 15 minute quick yoga session or walk outside or meditation to help boost your energy and and your focus for the day, anything like that to help just kind of like center you that would be a huge huge like benefit to your morning routine as well yeah like I'm a huge advocate of people getting into the sun during the day as someone who doesn't do it often enough and has been trying most of the time (laughs) (laughs) getting some like movement even if you don't like okay if you don't want to put the pressure on yourself to exercise I highly recommend even just taking your coffee outside into the sun and just absorbing it. it Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really nice to, like, be away from your desk and all of the things. Like, leave your phone inside if you can. Or, like, don't look at it. Just enjoy being outside. Because otherwise, I feel like the days that I don't get the chance to see the sun, whether it's in the morning or the afternoon or whatever, I am just, like, it feels like I've been in a cave. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's weird because on the days where, like, if I don't go outside or, like, see the sun, I actually feel like my face looks darker if that's really I don't yeah I don't think that that's a real thing I think it's a mental game that I play with myself but like when I look at myself in the mirror like I just feel like I have darker circles under my eyes I just feel like you're more tired yeah I'm more pale yeah I look more tired I don't know I think it's in my head where I'm like maybe it's not in my head I don't know maybe there's a scientific (laughs) reasoning behind this but like when I'm not outside, like yeah. looking into the sun, then I just feel like I just, my face just can, and you can just tell that I haven't been outside today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know what the science is behind it, but I know that there are people, like people talk about it and I'm sure there are studies out there somewhere if you wanted to look about like mm-hmm. how important it is to like at least get a like X amount of time in the sun. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's like 10, 15 minutes or something at least. Yeah. Because you're like, you're a human being, but you're also still like a mammal. Like we have your circadian rhythm to worry about. Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of that has to do with like your perception of the day and the night, and the sun and everything. Like, yeah. And if you're listening and you do know something about if I'm just imagining things or if this is actually <laughs> scientifically proven, please let me know. I'm very curious, but I will also look it up. But if you know yeah. something, please let me know. Another thing another strategy or like tip I should say or advice that we have is for a better morning routine is to eat a good breakfast don't skip eating something even if it's just 
like a green juice or something like that if you're if you're the type of person who can't I know there's some people that can't really eat in the morning because they kind of get nauseous or whatever and honestly your breakfast doesn't necessarily have to be early in the morning you can break your fast that's what the term breakfast means it's breaking your fast and if you end up breaking your fast at like 11 a.m or you know closer to lunchtime that's okay too but what the point I'm trying to get home or hit home is to eat something that's actually nutritious and good for you because your body needs to refuel with the good stuff like protein healthy fats fiber things like that having just gone through hopefully eight to nine hours of sleep eating something that's actually really good for you is really really important as well yeah I am guilty about that all the time I'm trying to be better about it this year is like Maida was saying like I don't necessarily eat like in the morning morning because I feel like coffee comes first and as I wake up I start like I can feel like when I start to get hungry but it does make a difference like if you start your day with like or like you know the first meal that you have in the day is like a good meal and by good I mean something that is satisfying and is not just chicken nuggets that I reheated because I ran out of time. because <laughs> I've definitely done that before <laughs> oh my gosh I just recently actually have been trying this because what I used to do was I would skip eating completely and not because I wasn't hungry I was actually sometimes really hungry but I would just not eat because I would like get straight into work or whatever mm-hmm. yeah and then I would just drink coffee and then the coffee was suppressed your hunger so then I wouldn't feel hungry anymore so then all of a sudden it's like 11 12 or even one or two mm-hmm. and I still haven't eaten anything and then all of a sudden I'm starving and then I eat something and I'm just overeating because I was so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so it just, you can see how it's like a, a vicious cycle. Of like a, yeah. Like a yeah. domino effect of you do one thing that doesn't, that you shouldn't be doing. And then it just keeps rolling and getting to be a much bigger issue. But lately I've been eating early, like in the morning when I wake up, even if I'm not necessarily like hungry, hungry, I'll still eat something really small to just get my brain going. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I stopped doing is drinking coffee first thing in the morning. And instead, I think I've talked about this before, but I drink athletic greens every morning. And so I drink my green juice, athletic greens every morning first. And then, well, water, athletic greens. And then I eat something and then I'll have coffee. So I'm not having coffee on an empty stomach, which has really made a big difference for how I feel later on. Like I used to get slightly nauseous drinking coffee on an empty stomach sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I stopped, once I stopped doing that, it just, I feel so much better drinking it a little bit later in the morning. So that's something that you could try if you're kind of experiencing similar things as well. Yeah. And there's a thing too where I think, I don't know if it was like a full study or something, but The fact that, you know, drinking coffee first thing in the morning actually isn't the most effective way or isn't super effective for the caffeine. Like people Mm -hmm. drink caffeine so that they don't feel tired. But if you drink it first thing in the morning, you're actually absorbing less of it. I don't remember what I have to find where I saw this, but like it's better to time your coffee just a little bit later in the morning after you've hydrated, after you're a little bit more awake so that your body is actually able to and ready to 
absorb the caffeine or use the caffeine for its intended purpose. <laughs> yeah. And if you listen to the Huberman lab, he talks about mm-hmm. this and the ideal time is I think about 90 minutes after you wake up is the best time to have your caffeine. It absorbs the better, better yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to like hold off a little bit, see how that goes. And I do feel a lot better drinking well, it good. a little bit later. Yeah. All right. The next advice we have is to focus on your top three. And what I mean by that is to basically look at your calendar, your to-do list, or wherever you're keeping track of what projects you're working on and things like that, and picking your top three priorities for the day that will have to get done in order to move the needle, whether that's in your business, in your project, or whatever. And just focus on those three for the day because what it ends up doing is that it helps you to avoid having or like feeling like you have to tackle everything all at once because you're not able to do everything on your own all in one day. That's just setting yourself up for failure. So instead of trying to tackle everything, identify and prioritize your top three needle movers and just focus on those things. And I think that's one of the bigger changes that I've made in the last six months or so, I want to say, that has made a huge difference for me too, where before I would just have this long list of things I wanted to get done. And instead, now I'm just looking at the top three that are the most important that are going to help me and my business to like just move forward, basically. Yeah. And to add to that, if you're having trouble, like it feels like you're still in a stage where it feels like everything's important because I get it, right? Like when you are working by yourself or you're just so used to doing things, it feels like you need to do everything in order to move the needle forward. Don't do that. If it, if it helps, what I used to do to prioritize back before, like we talked about the decision-making matrix and I learned a little bit more about how I liked work, you can always prioritize by deadline. So if you see that something's coming up and you know that this thing on your list is going to meet that deadline that's coming up, focus on that. Get it into a good place because what ends up happening, at least for me, when I try to do a little bit of everything all at once, I do tiny bits of everything all at once. But then the end of the day comes, I'm tired and nothing is fully done. So it's, it's better to pick the priorities, get those things done to the best of your ability. It gives you a little bit of leeway in case you need to like take space from it, come back to it with a fresh set of eyes, get some feedback on it, and then you can start the next day, finish up something if you need to, but you're, you have more brain space, you have more availability in your time to take the next set of things or keep moving the needle forward instead of, mm-hmm. I don't know, just like continuously chipping away at things for like whole weeks or whatever. Yeah. And I like what you're saying because it reminds me of something I heard someone say back in my corporate life. She said something like, let's stop trying to go wide and instead let's try to go deep. Meaning instead of trying to touch a little bit of everything, let's just pick one or two and like go deep on those topics because that's how you become an expert in whatever it is that you're doing. That's how you actually make an impact for your business, for your projects, whatever you're working on. Exactly. That's kind of like essentially what you're saying too, which is exactly right. Yeah. Give more of yourself to the things 
that matter in that moment and that day, your priorities, and then it'll take you further in those things than if you were to just try to like do a little bit of everything. Yeah, exactly. All right. The next advice or tip that we have is to tackle important tasks when you're most creative or alert. And this kind of requires a little bit of trial and error, like testing to figure Mm -hmm. out your creative times of the day. This is basically when your energy is at your highest. And during those times, you should be working on high priority tasks where you are like not getting interrupted by any meetings, emails, things like that. So for example, for me, I have my most creative times and my the most amount of energy in the mornings. And I know this about myself because I've tested and tried different things in the past. Like for example, exercising for me, it's so hard for me to exercise in the afternoon. Like I will literally need someone to come and like grab me and push me to go exercise in the afternoon because I'm just I just have so little energy after work that I can't do it so I know that about myself and so in the mornings is when I typically try to do the most of my things right whether that's work whether that's exercise whether that's like me trying to pick up a new habit for journaling things like that I know that in the morning is when I need to do that. So, and if you're like not as energetic in the mornings like I am, then take the opportunity to learn in the mornings because a lot of times like if you if you're like a little bit lower energy and things like that, you're still really prone to be able to absorb information. So, I think in the mornings would be a really good time for you to be able to just sit there and learn instead whether that's self-improvement reading, pod, like listening to podcasts, like while you're walking, things like that, why you can also get your exercise in, video courses, whatever, anything, anything like that is fair game if your energy is not there in the mornings, unlike me. So that's another tip or advice that I had for you guys there. Yeah. And to add on to that, like this Figuring out when you're creative or when you work best on certain things sometimes takes a little bit of experience or trial and error, like Maida was saying. But once you kind of figure out when the best time for you to do things is, it kind of opens up the possibilities for how you structure your day and get more things done without adding like undue stress and stuff. It can be a little bit hard, especially if you like have clients or you have meetings with people in different time zones or teams or whatever it is. But I try to juggle that with meetings I try to keep meetings to a specific time of day or set of hours in the day early mornings are for me to center myself I do the meetings midday or in between these meetings depending on how stacked or not stacked they are is when I get some of the the concrete work done can you take a break in the afternoon because I always hit a slump like I can't think between the hours of like four to six p.m. (laughs) I that's usually the time that I take to like go on a walk, go to the gym, which is easy because the gym is not is just my garage. But then I can come back like once I'm I've done and I've moved and I'm a little bit more awake, like it's a little bit easier for me to come back and do some more work again, like and actually think. Like I'm not so exhausted from sitting through all these meetings anymore. So yeah, so you don't have to structure your day, especially when you are working for yourself. The beauty of it is that you don't have to structure your day in the like typical eight to five sort of thing and you can 
build the schedule sort of as you need to do it. Yeah, exactly. And also, I will say that it could be different at like different days of the week, different times of the year, like things like that. For example, in the summer, I have an easier time like being up and out in the morning. But then in the winter, like now, around this time, I'm like, oh, I'd rather just like curl up and drink my coffee and relax for a minute before starting my day versus like being up and at the gym at 6 a.m. You know, And that's a good point, like being aware of the seasons and how you react to them, because that's like a totally normal thing too. like going back to being an animal on planet Earth is that wintertime is usually the time that most mammals are like cozied up and taking it slow. So like, don't be hard on yourself. If you find that you need to shift your routine every few months or so, you're just following the seasons and that's cool. Yeah. And then imagine like how amazing is it that you know yourself so well that you know how your mind works and how your body reacts and like how you can alter your habits based on the month of the year like I think yeah I, don't know, I just feel like there's a beauty to that like yeah science. <laughs> I'm nerding out now but <laughs> all right um let's get into the next advice which is to limit your social media scrolling period like it doesn't matter morning nighttime whenever Avoid social media if you can or set a time or I should say avoid excessive social media use if you can or set a time limit on social media to avoid getting sucked into that doom scrolling or whatever like going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, whatever you want to call it because it impacts like for me specifically it impacts my mental state tremendously. I kind of mentioned that earlier already but I definitely need lots of social media breaks and a lot of times my notifications are actually just turned off or like muted or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not notified of any comments, messages, things like that because if I go on social media and if I go down any kind of like rabbit holes and if I do that excessively, it really puts me in like a very depressive state of mind. I don't necessarily know exactly why that happens to me but I get really into like a dark space kind of thing so I personally really really shut off social media a lot of time like there are times where I won't even go on Instagram for days like two to three days like the entire weekend sometimes or whatever yeah so good to have an awareness yeah and if you need that like take it don't be ashamed of it don't question it just do what your body and your mind tells you it needs so yeah for sure like I think social media is such like an easy time sink temptation whatever you want to call it like I find that I tend to reach for my phone and scroll through social media when I am procrastinating when I feel overwhelmed when I feel like I need to do something but I don't know what to do yet Mm -hmm. it's like a defense mechanism almost Yeah, exactly. And I think I saw someone on social media once, ironically, was talking about how she tries to sort of limit or monitor her social media, like the thing, how she spends her time in the day, right? Like the goal was to evaluate and better understand how she spent her time during the day. And what she realized was that, you know, social media, like going through it, being exposed to content that you like, people that you follow, friends, whatever, is a nice thing to have. But she categorized it as something like, brain dessert so like it's nice in moderation and it can be good for you in you know 
in small doses. Yeah. But, you know, you're better off if you're feeling like you need some like mental stimulation or you want a change of scenery, but you don't want to like start work yet. Like it's like she has a whole other menu of quote unquote menu of activities. So like taking a walk, doing some stretches, reading a book or something like that, you know? That's so cool. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you and or link it to the like as a resource in the show notes. Yeah. Because I really like that system that she made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be really cool. All right. The next advice is we got three more to go here to switch up your workspace. And I think, Celine, you and I have talked about this a lot, but Mm -hmm. switching up your workspace to something that's like totally different from your typical environment like yeah going from your office or your bedroom wherever you're working to the patio to the kitchen to a coffee shop which Celine knows but like my go-to yeah. place is a coffee shop like I love to explore different coffee shops to go to I don't know it just it just helps me like really focus and it I become a lot more creative uh-huh. and I have a lot more energy like I could work for like hours like I could stay at the coffee shop and work nonstop for like 10 hours if I don't stop myself. I don't know. Something about just changing the workspace really, really helps me. So that's another piece of advice that we have on that. Yeah. I know, and I told- that you're kind of similar, right? Yeah. No, I'm totally the same. Like it's sometimes you need your desk set up, right? Like if you have two, three monitors, like I do sometimes, like it's helpful mm-hmm. to have things laid out that way, but it's also really easy to get too comfortable if that makes sense like I'm in the same boat with you as I get a lot more stuff done sometimes if I just take my laptop and I sit at a coffee shop with my headphones in whatever it's almost like all these people are bearing witness like I can't just sit here and goof off the same way that (laughs) I would at home right like it's easy for me to just oh let me just check on this thing real quick or oh let me like put another little laundry in or whatever like it forces you to focus And if you find that a coffee shop is too, there's too much movement, because sometimes depending on how busy it is and the time of day that I go, there can be a lot of movement and music and it's nice to see people, but also it's a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Libraries, depending on how new your library is, some of them have like study rooms that you can like book. So if you need a quiet space, I know my local library has desks with like little walls. I don't know if like if you ever went to college and they in your college library had like those little desks. So technically, they're like four desks that are like stuck together, but they have little walls so that you have some privacy and you can't get as distracted by people walking by. That's like a really good go to for me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Side tangent. Those (laughs) desks were like my jam back in college. Like, yes, if I wanted wanted like some focus time where I could have quiet and peace but not get distracted, you would definitely find me in one of those things in the library. Yeah. No, I used to do it all the time too. Yeah. And speaking of like your workspace overall, decluttering your space is huge too because kind of like in line with like if you're getting distracted by watching people it's also probably likely that you'll get distracted if your desk or like your space is just really messy or like there's just a lot sitting on your desk or whatever and so just taking quick 10-15 minutes to tidy up and organize your workspace or like just having a fresh start each day Um, like if you tidy up right after work for the next day or if you tidy up in the morning for the rest of your day whatever however you want to do it having that 
decluttered workspace helps declutter your mind and I promise that that really works because I, I guess unless you're you like super used to having a lot of clutter around you and you're still okay then maybe this tip won't really help you much but for me specifically decluttering my space is a huge huge help when it comes to having like a nice morning routine so that's something you could consider as well yeah no for sure and then the last tip or the advice that we have is reflecting and resetting. I think this one's a really big one too, which is taking some time, whether that's on Friday morning or afternoon or maybe even like early in the week, however you want to do it, to just review your week ahead or the week that you just had and assess what went well and what you can improve for the next week that's coming up ahead. And on top of that, if you want to go a step further, you can set up your calendar for the week ahead and clean up your workspace. Again, like I said earlier, clean up your workspace before you log off for the weekend so that when you come back to your desk to start a new week, you know exactly what's priority, the t your top three. You know that your workspace is clean and you know exactly what's going down that week, like what meetings are important, what meetings are not. So you can even schedule what days you can go to a workshop. I mean, not workshop. Coffee <laughs> to shop. <a> coffee shop. <laughs> if you to workshops, go for it. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, you can even schedule out your coffee shop days, which is kind of what I do is, for example, today I'm at home because I knew I was recording episodes. But tomorrow I'll likely be at a coffee shop or something because I know I don't have meetings or whatever, right? So, or like even if I do have a meeting, I know that meeting is something that I can still take at a coffee shop. It doesn't have to be that I have to take it at home. So just having some time where you can sit down, plan and like reflect and reset your space and all of that every week is going to be huge for your morning routine in 2024. Anything to add there on that one, Celine? Yeah, so... Usually by the end of the week, I totally agree with everything that you said. But if you're anything like me and at the end of a Friday afternoon, you're like, I just want to close everything and not look at it, do it. But do the reset. Like I tend to do my reset Sunday nights and I only do it Sunday night because I know that if I don't get everything or like, you know, prepare myself for the next day and take a look at my calendar, I know that I won't sleep well because I'll be like, when was that meeting that I was supposed to have? Was it on Monday? Shoot, was it at 8 a.m.? So I have found that, at least for myself, that looking through my calendar Sunday night, looking through my list of priorities for the week, and then making sure that my calendar is all set up, my physical planner is all set up, just because I like to look at it when I don't want to look at my screen anymore, has been such a huge help. Because if I put it off until Monday morning, I sometimes feel like, ooh, could I have prioritize this better should I have done this sooner or later whatever so find a good time for yourself to do it mm -hmm. agreed and also I would say if you have an 8 a.m meeting on a Monday that's straight up criminal like <laughs> <laughs> we try to avoid it like I try like people are very very good and they're usually really nice about yeah no like I don't want to do that but Sometimes, especially when you're like onboarding with like a new client or something happens or like stuff, yeah, you just like lots of know. movement. Yeah. Usually people are really good about it, but sometimes it happens and you just, 
You just gotta. <laughs> I'd rather roll be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. But I just thought it would be a funny little tidbit. <laughs> no, it is criminal. Yeah. All right, friends, that is all the advice and tips we had for you guys to help improve your morning routine as a small business owner in 2024. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. And if you found something, anything helpful about it, please share it with three of your friends. That would really help us reach more people and share our message. I hope to see you on the next episode. We'll talk soon. Bye.